You are getting 100% Jody on women taking the lead. Ultimately, all of this group activity is leading to where networking has its power, the one-to-one meeting. These can be coffee dates, lunches, happy hours, video conference calls, etc. This is when you spend focused time with an individual to deepen the relationship. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. As of the release of this episode, I am 16 days away from the Spartan race. I registered just about six months ago, and I am almost at the starting line. It's very exciting, and things are getting very real around here. (laughs) Also, I want to ask you to do me a favor. If you are not subscribed to this podcast and you find it randomly on social media or some other platform or a friend, you know, shared it on their post or feed, go to womentakingthelead.com and hit the subscribe button on your favorite platform. I've got buttons on the sidebar on nearly all of the pages on my website that will take you to where you can subscribe in either iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or iHeartRadio. When you are subscribed, the episodes come right to you. You don't have to go searching for them. If you've been following along with the last couple 100% Jody episodes, you've heard the eight common myths out there about networking, and you've gotten an idea of all the different types of events and gatherings you can attend for group networking. Ultimately, all of this group activity is leading to where networking has its power, the one-to-one meeting. These can be coffee dates, lunches, happy hours, video conference calls, etc. This is when you spend focused time with an individual to deepen the relationship. Nothing can replace an in-person meeting, but when time or distance are inhibitors, it's time to get hip with the latest technology. Phone calls serve their purpose, but they are so last century when it comes to the get-to-know-you meeting. Now that video calls are readily available to anybody with a device and Wi-Fi, phone calls give off what they actually are, a conversation with a disembodied voice. It's fine as a last resort, but if you want to make a strong connection, get comfortable with the tools that are out there. I regularly use Skype, Zoom, and Google Hangouts, and I've also used FaceTime on occasion. So let's dive into this one-to-one meeting, and I'm going to give some chronological activities that will help you make the most of these meetings. So before the meeting, confirm the meeting a day or two in advance. It happens. Sometimes the meeting doesn't make it to the other person's calendar, or they haven't looked at their calendar in days. Also, sometimes there's a glitch when you or they put the meeting on the calendar and the time or date is off. By reaching out to confirm the meeting, you can discover ahead of time if there's a need to reschedule. I don't know about you, but even if I'm having a video call from my office, I've structured my activity around that call. To discover 10 minutes into the time the call was supposed to start that it's not going to happen can be very frustrating because in actuality, I've lost about 30 minutes of my time. The time gets eaten up because one, I'm waiting before I realize the call's not going to happen. And then once I do realize it, we need to communicate and reschedule the meeting. Also, 
the mental transition out of projects before the time of the meeting and the transition back into your day or your projects after the meeting, that's all well and good if the meeting happens. But if the meeting doesn't happen, all of that transition time is wasted time. And this is even worse if you travel to a coffee shop or restaurant only to find out that you didn't need to be there. When you're confirming that the meeting is a go, make sure you exchange cell phone numbers in advance if you haven't already in case anything comes up last minute. Text messages tend to be more reliable than email, especially if you are in an area that doesn't have good cellular service. Also, Review the other person's website or LinkedIn profile to get a better idea of this person and the work they are doing. This is especially helpful if you haven't met the person before and you're meeting up somewhere. You can look up their profile picture so you'll be able to spot them in the crowd. And as a side note, make sure your profile picture looks like you and presents you as the way you want to be seen. Update it if necessary during the one-to-one meeting. The first time you're meeting with another professional or business owner, focus on getting to know them well as a human being and finding out how you can contribute to them. Don't focus on the work they're doing right away. Ask them about their journey, what they are currently excited about, and their plans for the future. When they look back on all they've done, what makes them feel proud? What has been their biggest challenge? There are so many questions you can ask to get the ball rolling. And once it is rolling, just stay curious about them and the questions will come to you naturally. If at the end of the meeting, you feel strongly that this is a person you would want to introduce to others in your network, schedule another meeting to find out more about how the two of you can help each other. In subsequent meetings, get into the nitty-gritty of what opportunities they are looking for and guide them to teach you how to find those opportunities for them. Even if you are a newbie entrepreneur or you are early in your career, there is always a way you can bring value. You have to believe that it is true and it is just a matter of discovering what it is. If they are looking for more customers, get them to talk in specifics about who their customers are and how you can identify them. Do not settle for descriptions like anyone with a car, anyone with a spine, anyone filing taxes, or everyone could be my customer. It's too generic and it doesn't give you a clue of where to start. I'll use myself as an example. I occasionally hear, everyone needs a coach, so anyone could be my client. Ugh, it's not true. If you're a coach and you're saying that to other people, stop it. (laughs) Anyone open to coaching can benefit from having a coach, but few people need a coach and even fewer people would be the right client for the person you're talking to. Even as a BNI member, I can confidently say there are people in my chapter who are going above and beyond to identify and chat with potential clients for me. It is still my job to make it as easy as possible for them to make that connection. However, I'm trained to do this. Not everyone you meet will be skilled at helping you find them opportunities. You may need to guide them to give you the information that will help you help them. Here are some prompts you can use. And if you are networking for your career, take the focus off clients and focus on opportunities and connections the other person is looking for. Tell me about your favorite client. What were they going through before they found you? 
What problem did you solve for them and how did that change their life? What do your clients say about you? How do your clients or customers find you? What professions would typically refer clients or customers to you? Or who else could provide opportunities for you or be good connections for you? It doesn't have to be specific. Think about titles, companies, professions, and industries. What would I say to that person that would make them want to meet you? If you were at a cocktail party, how would you know you were talking to someone who could potentially be your client? What kind of things do they say or do that lets you know? What questions do you ask them or what do you say to them? Now, I'm not you. What would I say to them that would make them want to talk to you? What's the best way to make that connection? Now, when you're empowered with these answers to these questions, you will have a much easier time finding opportunities for the other person. It's one thing to say you want to help someone else. When you can deliver on that commitment, it goes miles to creating a strong business relationship that will provide opportunities for you as well. And if you've been networking for a while, you likely have people readily in your network that you can introduce to this person And so you're already like off on the right foot, helping them to expand their network. And then be ready to talk about what you need. Be confident about yourself and clear about what you're looking for. This is where a great conversation can come to a disappointing halt. After you've been all gung-ho about helping them, they are naturally going to want to find out how they can reciprocate. If you don't give them anything, they're going to be left feeling pretty crappy. I've done this to so many people. And if you're one of them and you're listening, I am so sorry. (laughs) It sucks the magic right out of what had been a great conversation. And at the end, it's still a good meeting because I've discovered how I can help them. But I've also left them feeling a little frustrated because While I'm able to easily go to bat for them, they have to struggle and work harder to find something for me because I haven't empowered them with any good information. I know many of you have been taught not to boldly ask for what you want, but in business, rather than coming off as unselfish and and giving, you will be perceived as clueless and possibly incompetent. Imagine you desperately want to help another person be successful and you ask them, what can I do for you? And they respond with, I really don't know. Let me give it some thought and I'll get back to you. You know, where does that leave you? And what does that say about them that they don't know what could be helpful for them? You have to empower other people with information to allow them to help you. Know ahead of time what you are looking for. All the prompts I gave you a few minutes ago to ask the other person, answer those questions for yourself. Additionally, be ready to talk about the opportunities you're looking for, whether it's speaking engagements, a new job, position, board positions, volunteering, etc. And don't forget to ask for connections to other professionals who wouldn't necessarily be your client, but come into contact with your ideal clients or connections on a regular basis. 
For example, I'm a business coach. So for me, connecting with web developers, graphic designers, other people who are chatting about business with other people and how business is going, those are great professionals for me to connect with because they can potentially identify my ideal client and refer them to me. Who else can help you grow in your career or business? Have some names ready, and or if you're not able to be that specific, know the titles and industries you're interested in meeting. At this point, if they haven't offered it up yet, ask the other person, are there other people in your network that I should meet? You may not have thought of somebody who could be a really good connection for you, but by asking that question, the other person may think of somebody. And this is how you can meet other professionals via a warm introduction without having to constantly be going to the social networking events if those events don't interest you. Lastly, remember that when someone passes you a referral or presents you with an opportunity, they are putting their reputation on the line for you. And that's a very vulnerable thing. That's why it may take a while before someone is ready to go to bat for you. But trust, if you continue to nurture the relationship and provide opportunities for the other person, it will come back to you. Now, after the one-to-one meeting, send an email thanking them and reconfirm your tasks and takeaways from the meeting and give an update if you have one. Put reminders on your calendar to check back in with them or send them items of interest. I share articles, social media posts, and upcoming events that they may be interested in on a personal or professional level, something that lets them know you're thinking of them. If you are connected on social media, comment and share their posts. Keep yourself top of mind by being a supporter and an advocate for their cause. Coming back to the analogy of planting seeds that I shared in the last 100% Jody episode, you have to think of this as cultivating a vegetable garden. You cannot plant seeds and expect that you'll yield a plentiful harvest. You have to feed and water the garden and pull the weeds when necessary. It takes some time and effort, but it's so satisfying and delicious to have fresh vegetables that have come straight from your own garden. And let me tell you, when you open up your email and somebody emails you and says, I ju- I've been talking to somebody, they want to connect with you, I think they're the perfect client, that has to feel good. Now, would you add anything to what I've mentioned here? Let me know by emailing me at Jody, J-O-D-I, at womentakingthelead.com or leaving a comment wherever you found this episode. And again, subscribe to this podcast at womentakingthelead.com. And before we go, I wanted to give another shout out to Millie Welsh of Zebra Love Web Solutions, who has been faithfully sponsoring this podcast since last fall. She's been a priceless resource to me for years and has helped protect my website from hackers and does updates as needed. If you need a website or are sick of trying to figure out the updates on your own, contact her at Millie, M-I-L-L-Y, at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com. I hope this was helpful to you and here's to your success. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? 
Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.